One of the hallmarks of Western society is the protection of children. And at CD Media, it's high on our list of priorities. We've been holding events around the country to really make people aware of the level of evil that's coming after our children. And it's a multifaceted attack. Last week, we held an event in Miami, and the stars were aligned as to the panel and how they interacted together. We had uh, a father, Raul, from Mexico City talking about children and the trafficking and the cartels and the kind of a 30,000-foot level evil discussion. We had Dr. Paul Merrick, who really got into the fraud in the medical system, Alana Fishbane from No Left Turn in Education, Kevin Jackson, who rocked the audience uh, with the discussions of uh, basically what, how we have to fight this fight. We had Dr. Chris Cassells, Wayne Black, who's a security specialist, and the Pfizer whistleblower, Brooke Jackson. It was an amazing panel, and we need your help to get this out to the world. We have a live stream available. Go to Miami Independent forward slash event, and you will be able to buy the live stream. It's a few bucks because we still have massive costs for this event. But we need to spread the word, and people don't know what they don't know. So please go to Miami Independent forward slash event and get the live stream. Hold an event at your house. It's 25 bucks. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Awaken them to what is happening to our children. I'm going to show a quick clip here. The pharmaceutical companies, the agencies, the federal government, the industries that support them are not interested in curing patients. Their goal is not to cure patients, it's to sell drugs and make money, even if those drugs or money kill patients. And they will do whatever it takes. As Brooke has told you, it's a truly astonishing thing. The level of fraud that you could actually manipulate and make up data to sell a drug that is harmful. So welcome to our next episode in Wings for um, Justice. What is it? What's the name of the group, John? J Wings for Freedom and Justice? Liberty and Justice. Liberty and Justice. I keep on getting it wrong. I'm talking to so many people. Our show for Liberty and Justice, Wings for Liberty and Justice. And today we're being joined by Captain John Morse, who is a captain for 38 years for United Airlines, and Amy Dahl, who is also an employee, a flight attendant for 38 years for United Airlines. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. And thank, oh, you. thank you for having us. Well, listen, I, I you know, I, I'm, I, the more I interview the United plants um, and, and get to know about your lawsuit and what's going on inside United and what Scott Kirby, the CEO, and the bunnies he's getting and the promotions he's getting and the compliments he's getting, I'm just astounded that they've even created this policy that has created so much havoc that's resulted in this great lawsuit because you're not only suing United, you're suing Kirby, the CEO, and you're suing every member of the board of directors. And I, I, I think it's really something. I, I think this is one of the groundbreaking uh, COVID corporate stories of all times coming out of this. And so congratulations on that. Let's begin with you, Amy, in, in terms of, you know, you applied for a religious exemption as did many of the plaintiffs um, in this suit. And there were many, as you said to me in the pre-interview that chose not to because they didn't think that they were as religious as required by United to apply. But what happened to you? You applied for it. It came up in August of 2021. You had you guys had a deadline, I guess, sometimes in September. What happened when you applied? When I applied, uh, we basically had to jump through hoops. We had to do a lot of paperwork. We had to get 
a letter saying that we were religious from our pastor, from our spouse, um, all those things. And then finally I was approved. But you didn't get your job. You were put on, uh, you, were, you weren't put on furlough where you had benefits. No. You were put on unpaid yes. leave. Yes. So and I was on unpaid leave um, and I lost all my benefits. I lost, uh, I was not able to access my 401k. We were not able to retire. We didn't get health insurance. I was lucky enough to be on my husband's health insurance, but most of my colleagues, they all lost all their insurance. No. And Jim, when you applied for religious exemption, what happened to you? The same. It was uh, somewhat burdensome. Um, however, uh, they did come back and, and say, hey, we need proof that you are actually what you say you are. And I almost refused to do that, uh, but I didn't go to my pastor. I just had my wife write a one, two sentence thing saying, hey, she's known me for, we've been married 42 years and John's a man of faith and uh, is a Christ follower and signed her name. And then it was approved about a week after that. But you were also put on unpaid leave. I was also put on unpaid leave with uh, our stories. All our stories are very uh, similar. Yes, yeah, so, uh, there was an injunction. So a period of time after the uh, mandate was uh, forced on us, we had a certain time to get that shot. They offered to pay us. They did all kinds of incentives. They were putting out tons of misinformation to encourage people to uh, get vaccinated. Or I hate to even say that word, but uh, to get yeah. And, and then at a certain point, I think it was November, early November, we were put to the street. That was November 2021. Yes, that's correct. And so did you have access to your 401k? Or, and what happened to your life insurance and your medical insurance? I not have made that assumption that I might have access to it. But no, we did not have access to uh, our 401ks. We had uh, insurance if we chose to keep it at United. But just for my wife and I, it was going to be $2,700 a month. And again, obviously with no income, that's not uh, uh, feasible. So we opted out. We sent a letter because we got a bill from United saying, hey, you owe us $2,700. And I said, no, no we don't. Uh, just cancel our insurance. And, and also we didn't have a retirement health account, which would have helped us pay and everyone pay for their own insurance with that uh, money. So they created a burdensome situation that you couldn't you couldn't get access to your money for a bill that they right. increased because they put you on unpaid leave. And so knew, it was unsustainable. Yeah, we knew some of this was coming, uh, obviously, but it was an easy decision for us based on the genetic modification or gene therapy. We just chose not to take it. So that was the easy decision. We're not doing this, and my family supported that. The bad part was the consequences of that decision as far as burden. You know, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'll, I'll work. I'll find a job. I don't need this job to make me happy or fulfilled and, and have purpose. But yeah, it was it was burdensome and, and troubling, no doubt. And mental mental strain. Sure, sure, and financial strain as well. Um, so in March of 2022, as uh, United CEO Scott Kirby, who had been at that point in time praised for getting his employees vaccinated. Um, with the story being brushed over and not disclosed of how many people were put in positions like yours. He was named in March 2022 when they called you guys back from your unpaid leave as uh, an advisor on the Department of Homeland Security. I just want to point that out to the audience that that happened at the month that you came back. What happened, Amy, when you came back to work? So we, uh, March 28th, we came back to work. 
And right after we came back to work, United put a restriction on flight crews that were unvaccinated to certain countries. So they, let me explain myself a little better. So basically there were 29 countries that United said that unvaccinated crew members could not fly into. But of those 29 countries, only four of those countries actually had vaccination restrictions in place. For passengers and anybody entering that country from another country. Correct, correct. So the other, the, the countries that United put the restriction on, passengers could go there. We could fly there on passes on our days off, but as crew members, we were not allowed to fly and work into those countries. And what was the what was the loss to the unvaccinated crew when they were restricted from entering those countries? My understanding is that some of them, there's a point system within the airlines. And for instance, if you fly to Johannesburg, you get 31, point, 31 hours of pay. Whereas if you fly to you know Miami, it might, might be you know five or something like that. So you actually, it seems to be that they created an internal system, even though they called you guys back, that actually um, discriminated against you. Correct. Because uh, I'm fortunate, Amy's probably fortunate too, to where we bid around that type of uh, restriction. Correct. Still costs us money and time time off from having to do that. But if you were not senior enough to hold that position, you would have to bid off that particular equipment. So I, again, I'm a wide body captain at United. Um, if I were a junior wide body captain, I may only end up receiving on my bids a Delhi trip or a Japan trip or whatever it happened to be. And those were restricted. So as a result of that, you display, not displaced, I would have to, on the next bid cycle, I would have to bid a smaller airplane bid domestic, let's say. So was it punitive? I don't know. Uh, but it seemed suspicious to us. Sure, because it, because it focused on the unvaccinated, even though you were called back. Did yeah. they? Did the, did the company after you were called back? Did the company pressure you even more so uh, to get the vaccinations? I, if I recall, when we got the uh, letter from Human Resource saying they were uh, pleased to announce that uh, they were bringing us back because the metrics were such that. Uh, at the end of it, it said, you know, they're all about safety and we would love for you folks to get your, you know, become vaccinated and get your boosters and stuff for the safety of everyone. I have Are they still pushing boosters at United for all of their uh, ground crew and, and flight crew? I would imagine. So, Amy, you're probably on uh, more of those sites than, than I am as far as the, the hub help and all, all that. I uh, kind of <laughs> ignore a lot of that stuff now because it is such misinformation. Yes, on every every uh, message or anything we get on our uh, computer screens through United, there's always something on there, like a little pop-up that says, please get vaxxed, get your booster shot. But they don't come right out and say you need to get your booster shot recently. Yeah, they'll have signs up. Of, uh, go yes, to the, everywhere. Or clinic, go to the Chicago clinic, get your vaccine or your booster. Yes, yes. All right. So it's not like it was at the beginning where they were just forcing you. You know, they were sending postcards to our house that said you're not vaxxed. 
Oh, it has. It, it, these are not enclosed letters. This is postcards. No, they were postcards. This is trying to thinking that 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 you would be intimidated because you got a postcard. Absolutely. Uh, where, where, which department did they come from? I'm presuming they weren't signed by anybody. Uh, no. I'm not HR. sure. HR, I'm sure. That's. Mm -hmm. I think it was HR. So did, um, John, let's talk about what happened in terms of the standards for the pilots. Um, usually for the EKGs, it's a certain number, and then they change the standards now that expands it in terms of the heart. How's that affected uh, the guys that you fly with now, now that you're back with United? Well, I will tell you this, uh, prior to the mandate, uh, only about half the populace, and that, that makes sense because that's the way the country was too, was vaccinated. And then the rumor came out that they're going to probably mandate it. And then it did become mandated. We had about 2000 pilots roughly that did not want to get the vaccine for sure. But then by the time it was said and done, there were only about 350 of us that uh, did not get the uh, vaccine. And as far as uh, coming back and, and having interactions with pilots, I know so many of them regret doing that almost to the one, none of them want to get boosters and they are not going to get boostered if it became required. They're, they're do that. That's what they say now. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, the, I think a lot of people, again, the company was very heavy handed. They put out every day, numerous times, and, and that's fine. It's all pro vaccination. There were no, hey, you know, think before we do this, let's think about it and have some cons here. The people they hired um, also were saying they were very pro vaccine they didn't hire anybody or, or throw, throw the other side out to us which is again concerning and for those that have analytical minds and want to think about that this is that an agenda they're pushing or are they really cared about our safety I, I don't know and my understanding that the the airline pilots association um there's a guy named uh, insler was sitting on the board of united and and did you have any interaction with him at all well, he's our favorite, uh, and he no longer sits on the board. Uh, but uh, he he said, uh, and you've heard the stories before. He he was right along, locked up with the company as far as getting the vaccinations, and uh, the company and and the union put together a plan that if you get it by a certain date, you get 13 hours of pay. If you get it a little bit after that, it's 11 hours, and if you don't do it by then, then you know you, you don't get any pay. So might as well shut up and effing take the shot is basically what the quote was, but uh, I'm paraphrasing that, of course. You know, that's what predators do with kids. Predators are gonna get close to kids and harm kids, they give them gifts, they give them, they, they reward them, they give them compliments, they pay them money. Um, so there's a, there's a corporate predatory tone to something like this. Amy, you guys are in a different, are you unionized as, as a flight? Yeah. Yes. So, so you have a different union completely. How did they deal with you guys? Uh, they wouldn't respond to any of our questions. They didn't uh, give us any information. We called, we complained, we asked them to save us and help us and to fight. And um, no, they just pretty much left us out to dry. And just yesterday, uh, not in Alpha or the uh, Flight Attendants Union, I, th I think it was either the IEM or the Teamsters, I'm not sure, but one of the other unions, one of our fellow Clintons, he was supposed to have an arbit arbitration hearing and uh, he discussed that uh, the lawyers of the union were in sync with, we can't win this, so we're not going to go forward with this arbitration. Instead of just going at least fighting for him, they didn't even do that. So that's concerning. 
Of course it is. You know, people people whose position who are in a position to help uh, and who accept your dues should be fighting for you. They shouldn't say they shouldn't just surrender. They should they should be fighting and trying to make precedent, even if they think it might be an uphill fight. That's that's what unions are supposed to do. At the beginning of the pandemic, United had to lay off five thousand flight attendants. The five thousand of the most junior flight attendants had to go on furlough. They were sent all kinds of information from the company, from the union. They had Zoom meetings. They helped them with every single thing there was. But then when it came time for us, nobody could tell us anything. They kept saying, you know, refer to your union. Union said, we don't have anything to do with it. And um, they just left us. Was the company basically trying to pass the buck and, and say that, you know, it's up to the unions, whatever they negotiated, it's not our fault? It's Pretty much, pretty much. And then they would say, go to the uh, the leave section of your, of your contract. So you basically just had to go read, but, you know, it's kind of vague. A contract is always vague. Backing up a little bit, uh, again, heavy-handed approach, uh, in my opinion, uh, just a mass psyop operation on the employees to meet that agenda. And, and again, this is just my opinion that Scott Kirby, the government, the World Health Organization, Council for everybody was in lockstep with vaccination, vaccination, vaccination. So very heavy handed, all one sided. And again, that, that was concerning. And, and I feel terrible for people who fell into that and believed that without doing their own research. Again, early on, we had already decided we're not doing this because we had looked at the data. We had looked at the VARS data. We had looked at the data from Israel and Great Britain at the damage that has been done by these shots. And we said, no, we're not doing it. And I, I remember in the notes that, that I was given that you had COVID at one point. Correct? Yes, I had COVID in September of 2020. And that was one of the points that I was trying to get across is that I've already had COVID, I have natural immunity. And when I went to file for a wrap, I, I- No, tell, tell the audience what a wrap is, the religious, it's a religious accommodation, right? So when I went to file for that, I filed for mm -hmm. a medical accommodation and a religious accommodation. And I was told that I had to choose either one or the other. And um, I was given advice by a friend of mine that's an attorney to that I would have a better shot if I went with the religious accommodation. I thought because at that point in time and to date, there's still the CDC and the FDA is not acknowledging officially, I should say, the Correct. natural immunity, which is insanity. That's that's turning medicine upside down. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so you've both been there for 38 years, and, and my understanding is, and this is pretty consistent, and do you guys agree with this statement? Because it, with the people that I've interviewed so far, everybody has said that United was a great company. They do great training of their employees. And, and were you just shell-shocked by this? Did you see this coming? I mean, did you expect this to you know, this experience to be part of your life? Not surprised at all with the events leading up to this and and just listening to everything they were saying every day about the safety of the employees etc cetera, et cetera. but yeah yes yeah, a great company uh, um i'm not su not surprised but very disappointed not surprised but very disappointed that uh, we went down that road and uh, also disappointed with the rest of the employee group falling for this and, and i feel terrible for them 
and I hope nothing harm, harmful comes to them as a result of that heavy-handed approach United took to their employees, all under the guise of safety, of course. Although they, we all know, I mean, are they still selling when they're pushing the boosters now, Amy? Are they still selling on the sites that they're safe and effective? Are they reporting any of the vascular or neurological injuries no. or even any of the cardio? No. So they're, they're, they're intentionally not giving the full picture of what we know to date. Yes, correct. Now, in some instances, in some corporations, some of the CEOs that we actually have on tape, because we're collecting tapes from some um, employees from other corporations, some of the CEOs were pushing to have shots and talking about the 95% or 91% efficacy. And we know that you know that didn't really exist. Did they do anything as stupid as that? United citing you know these shots of uh, efficacy rates of ninety percent plus. Uh, initially, and I don't have the number in front of me, but they certainly put out there that uh, if you do not get receive the shots, you have and I'm, it's close. I'm not exact number, but you might have a three hundred percent chance of dying compared to your fellow employee. Not only that, but you're putting them in danger too. And they did talk about the the uh, the, the efficiency or effect the uh, sorry the efficacy of the uh, shots being fantastic. And so we now know that the shots do not prevent disease; they do not prevent the transmissibility. So the narrative that they bought into uh, didn't quite. It's just it's not factual. And we knew that from the beginning, almost. So the people who had done the research, we knew that. And that's why we took the stand that we did. No, no Amy, I, I, I kind of believe you when you say that you wrote letters to everybody. I, I do believe I do believe you, okay? Did you get anybody to, to respond to you? Because no. I, I, I have a tendency that the ten, tenacity is, is a good uh, description of you. You're tenacious. No, um, a lot of people would try to pass me off to somebody lower, like I wrote our um, senior vice president in flight multiple times. He tried to pass me off to Newark base manager. Um, I did speak with the union a couple of times. I even went to MEC meetings and spoke to them. And but there was not they could just skip saying there's nothing they can do even when i was going to talk about how our contract and my seniority was being violated when people united and flight attendants and pilots it's all about seniority the longer you work the better trips you get so when all this was going on when i wasn't allowed to fly to these 29 countries um i was having to fly trips how can I state this? So people that were say 15 years seniority were flying the prime trips that mm -hmm. I have worked 38 years to fly. And I wasn't, I don't know. I'm sorry. They obligated, they obligated your seniority. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Correct. And my contract, because my, our contract's all about seniority as well. So it was a huge violation of both, but they didn't do anything about it. So everybody was informed about what was going on. They changed the policy. They they didn't just slap you in the face for being unvaxxed and putting you without any access to your 401ks or your medical or your insurance, uh, health insurance. That when they brought you back, they 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 played you know let's punch you a little bit a little bit Correct. more, bringing you back. Correct. But the threat of if the matrix get to a certain level again, we could be back on on the street which that's still in place. We, they could do it tomorrow. 
So that so that that feeling of when you're hired for a job, which you know there, there is such a thing as job security. It's a notion that exists in any business school, and people talk about you know uh, entrepreneurship, for instance, starting their own businesses. And it happens when there's a there's a takeover, uh, there's a merger or acquisition, you know, in uh, for any corporation. So you guys went back, and you still don't have that job security because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No. So, John, let me start with you. Has your attitude towards United changed? I mean, you like working for the company. You've got 38 years invested in it. Um, Completely. Again, this is my opinion, too. It's it's in some ways a toxic environment to work in. I told you before that on the pre-interview, when I was off those, I went and uh, obtained my uh, basically truck driver's license, CDLA, and I went to work for a fantastic company. It was a Christian-based company. Felt at home right off the bat. Uh, they they just a lot of love and passion. And you don't have that there necessarily. United Airlines. Now, of course, you have friends and and people that are fantastic people at United Airlines. And I love the article and I love that passion. And uh, back last Christmas or Christmas ago, when we were laid off, um, we were giving our blessings and stuff. And I asked for forgiveness, basically for looking up at this guy and, and being bitter and angry and frustrated with United Airlines because they took away something that was passionate to me that I've done all my adult life and I will never touch an airplane again in my mind. But uh, so that's some of the mental strain that we had in addition to all the financial strain. You see that every day in your face and we don't know what's coming and uh, it's difficult, but doable. We're, we're fine. We carry on. We're warriors. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the different changes in the culture at United. Uh, let's talk about the DEI, diversification, you know, inclusivity. So um, I, I, I just learned, to my surprise, that you actually have flight attendants that can uh, cross-dress. Yes. Yes. Okay. About a year ago, they changed our uniform policy. We have a very strict uniform guideline and policy. And about a year ago, they changed our policy. And in that new policy book, it says that a male flight attendant may wear a dress, hose, paint their nails, earrings. We can have tattoos now. They have to be a certain um, size. And makeup? Men can wear makeup, yes, yes. Okay, so John, what what, what happens in the cockpit? Do you have cross-dressers in the cockpit? Not that I'm aware of, not that I've flown with, but nevertheless, they are, uh pushing that to, hey, you should be hired on merit, uh, on your skills, on your qualifications, period. That's all there is to it. As good Christian or good human beings, we're always going to be including loving and kind to people. Um, But they put this stuff at the forefront. And some of us are somewhat leery and scared that, you know, that may be a priority over merit and such, if 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 that makes sense to you. And for me, my, my problem with, not with this, I mean, I don't care how anybody dresses, but I was wondering to myself when all this came up and it was, and everything was going on with us and the vaccine, well, I wonder if these individual flight attendants, if they have to go to Help Hub and which is our portal where you, we got our religious exemption, if they had to fill out paperwork, if they had to get a note from their doctor, their spouse, their pastor, if if they had to prove that they were non-binary or transsexual, or I don't know what it's called, before they're allowed to do that. 
So why, why is it inclusive and for them, but yet you're persecuting me for my belief mm -hmm. that I don't want to have a gene therapy injected into my body? It's a good question. It's a good question that I'm, I'm presuming that, that somebody will be asked under oath as this proceeds, as this lawsuit proceeds. I mean, you know, do you have to, they'll probably file a motion to dismiss and you're going to have to survive that. Uh, the case will have to survive that. So it'll be very interesting once you get to the depositions because when you have conflicting policies, the corporate, the corporate leaders have to explain the rationale behind it, if it if it is created an environment that is one hostile in the workforce and two discriminates against a group of people that is based upon lies. Exactly. That's I mean, that's the bottom line in these type of suits. Why did you do what you did and who knew what when and what's the justification for it? And they're the ones that created the hostility. You know, I had somebody walk up to me in the crew room and say you're a murderer my father just died from COVID, and you won't take the shot and i'm like whoa where is all this coming from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lots of incidents like that there was nothing reasonable about the reasonable accommodation process nothing no so That's bottom line basically is when we filed we thought we were going to get a reasonable accommodation and united's idea of a reasonable accommodation is to put us all on unpaid leave with zero benefit and zero access to anything. Yeah, keep in mind. Yes, did you guys have an expectation that maybe what would have happened would, would have been what happened in 2020 when, when uh, air, because there was less people flying because of the COVID situation and they put people on furlough, with, which means that they had their benefits and they had access to the 401ks. Was that kind of the assumption in people's heads at the time in 2021 when they mandated the, the vaccinations and that, that you thought, okay, we might, we might, might not be working for a little bit, but you thought, did you have an expectation that you'd have access to your money I and your insurance? Absolutely. I did not have any expectations from United Airlines. With oh. I did not. So like I say, I was somewhat surprised they did what they did, but or I was extremely disappointed, but I was not surprised. That's the best way to say it. I was disappointed. Why, but weren't, I, you, why weren't you so surprised, John? Uh, boy, you just have to look at the culture for the last 15, 20 years. Yeah, we've got fantastic training. We've got fantastic people in the training department and stuff. But from the top down, you know, they chirp the right chirp. And again, this is all my opinion. I, I don't see a whole lot of good at the top necessarily. I, I think there was. That should, that should concern not just employees. It should concern shareholders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I won't go so far to say our whole world, we're battle good versus evil in a, in a lot of ways. Now, people that are caught in the middle, they're just trying to do their jobs. They're just disseminating information that they say from the top that they're supposed to uh, get out there to the public. But I'll give you one example of what I just was discussing with not uh, too long ago on that, uh, well, not the Help Hub, but the Flying Together site. Uh, again, you asked earlier if they were pushing the COVID narrative still. Well, sites showed a, a mother, probably a third trimester mother uh, with her baby, and they were encouraging her, get the shot for your child and yourself. It's for their safety. And to me, knowing what is out there right now with the bars data or the bears data, et cetera, and all the damage done to people, and it's getting out there more and more. People are waking up, which is awesome. What you're up. Um, I saw that, and that's just people. So somebody knows 
that that's going to harm that child or the mother. They know that. So again, principalities and powers, it's good versus evil. And we're warriors right now and we're standing strong. Well, I, I commend you all for, for doing this. This is, I know it's difficult. Have you, have you gotten any reactions inside the company from your employees? Are they cheering you on privately behind the scenes? Absolutely. The people I fly with 95 plus percent, uh, they regret what they did, but they are proud of us and um, they're not getting boosters, et cetera. So they, they know we're in the fight and they're proud of that. And you're fighting for them. How about you, Amy, in your experiences? Yes, but nobody will say it out loud, you oh. know, on the plane. They'll say it, you know, in the galley when nobody else is around. Like, I'm I'm proud of you guys for sticking up for yourselves. I wish I would have. I wish I wouldn't have caved. I wish I'd known, you know, and. And that's, you know, the, the thing about life and humanity, that's okay. When, oh, yes, absolutely. Some, some people don't, they, for whatever reasons, and, and you know, and they, they fear. They're uh, scared. They're sensitive. Exactly. You know, but real leaders, you know, it, it rolls off and you just say, no, I'm going to do the right thing for the right thing. And what, whatever happens, happens. And it's in God's hands at that point. And I think that, you know, it doesn't surprise me when I learned that a lot of the plaintiffs, you know, who were who decided to be plaintiffs were, you know, God fearing, God fearing religious people. It makes sense to me because mm -hmm. that's that's usually is is how it rocks and rolls when you're up against evil it's just you know this is just the right thing because it's the right thing and you don't want it to happen again and somewhat closing you know we we never wanted to be here but we are here now doing this mm -hmm. we here to battle we come here in honor and peace and we we want this and we're fighting for everybody we're fighting for ourselves too obviously but we're fighting for everybody um and and with that said what United did and what the government did needs to be out there and exposed and be a, uh, it needs to be settled to where it sets a precedent where it will not happen again. Well, God bless you guys for doing this and, and please come back anytime. And if there's any retribution against you for doing this uh, interview. Yeah. we're yeah, call, your lawyer first. About that. call me second. Call me okay. second because that's that that's the way that, that's you know the, the people need to be added for this oh. because the, the story it, the good thing about this this era is that there's enough people it's gone on long enough and there's enough people that know that something's wrong behind the scenes and they are talking to people and some of them don't want to go on camera but they do give us information as investigative right. journalists. David and Goliath type story, you know, and we're just the little people out there. And you talked about retribution. I guarantee you we have a target on our back, but we're ready for that. Again, uh, I've had counsel recently, calm spirit, warrior attitude. That's who we are. We'll, we'll take this to the, the end on this. And another our uh, fellows just uh, texted. I think he interviewed with you uh, yesterday, but he was talking about God doesn't give us uh, a spirit of fear. It's of courage and sound mind. And we're on that path. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think I think you've been referred to as Gideon's warriors. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Thank well, you so much for giving us this platform to to tell you our story and and for you for getting it out there to everybody. We really appreciate it. Well, I, I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate the fact that you guys have the courage to go on camera and talk about it. And I want you to know our door is always open to you. We could go on and on. We have documents and this and that, but, but that's yes. 
fun part of discovery. That's all. Well, it's save that for the save that for the for the uh, courtroom. Okay, save that for the courtroom. I mean, it's it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be an uphill fight, but it is winnable. It is winnable. Thank you. People knew. People knew, and there's somebody out there who was advising United. Somebody in the COVID arena was advising corporations. Somebody in the arena was advising the churches when they were opening up and creating COVID shot uh, injection sites. Somebody was paying those people and there'll be a huge target on United and Scott Kirby for all of the contracts that United received during the COVID era from uh, taking people out of Afghanistan during the, um, the baby formula issue when that was rising its head to vaccinations overseas on United flights. First carrier to carry those, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's some, it'll be something when it's all pieced together. Thank, Thank you guys you. again. Welcome. Thank you.